Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett had their comments back at, I'll start with Aaron Rodgers, you know, the star quarterback for the New York Jets. He, you know, he was asked about it. He said he's not going to get too much into it, but he pretty much politely said, just keep my coach's name out your mouth. And as much as we've seen Aaron Rodgers, you know, ride the bus over somebody else, back up, hit somebody else on his team, I respect Aaron Rodgers for making that comment. Stick it up for his offensive coordinator, a guy he's had a lot of respect for. It was a guy he was successful with in Green Bay. Going back to Green Bay. Won two MVPs with him as offensive coordinator. With Mark Davis, Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday, August 1st edition of All About the Boss podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis. Yes, you heard it right. It is August, everyone that's listening and watching out here. It is the time where preseason is upon us. We have the Hall of Fame game this week, preseason next week, college football later in the month, baseball's in full force. Welcome back. Doc as well. Doc, how was that trip to Tennessee with the family? Oh, unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Just great to get out of the wilderness, get up in the mountains, turn life off for a week, just hang out with the family. Uh, Little one loved it. Black bears off the back deck. Just a great time. Went up, saw a whole lot of stuff. Did one of those, uh, you know, those Alpine roller coasters, the the little, you just get on a little like go-kart type deal. And go down the mountain, even though you're not, you know, not really a roller coaster, uh, but kind of is. But it's like a single car roller coaster. But we yeah. did that unbelievable experience. Um, seeing the YouTube videos on it and finally being able to do it. I mean, it was just so much fun seeing the family. Love that side of the family. So just great to do that, man. Great to yeah, do it that. looked like great it looked like a great back. time. Yeah, it looked like a great time though. Some of the photos I saw, I mean, definitely looked like a good environment out there. I mean, like you said, you got away from the office for a week, just kind of a nice little getaway. I'm about, to, I'm about to do a getaway in a few weeks to get my daughter back. So we'll, which I, we'll all for you. pretty much have a week off in general. But, uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to Luke, too. He's out there in the field. He's kicking ass. Uh, it's long days for him. Chris, we miss you in here. We know you have some family emergencies you have to take care of. So Let's you do what you all. have to do. Be father of the year, man. Be husband of the year. Take care of the family. We'll get you back in here later in the week. Like I said, Doc, it's football time, dude. And, and I mean – it just seems the NFL always produces stories, and it just seems now that we always have the running back stories. That's nothing new in the NFL, but now a new running back is in the spotlight, Jonathan Taylor. But this time it's not because of, you know, franchise tagging him or anything like that. It's because him and his owner, Jim Irsay, are having a feud. They just met last week. Um, it was said, you know, I respect Jim Irsay's comments. He told him straight up, hey, I'm not going to pay you. I'm not going to extend you. I respect that. You're honest to your your star player. I don't agree. He shouldn't get paid. He's your offense, but this you know, you're, I res- yeah, I respect it. up front. I respect Jonathan Taylor as well for de- to, to you know demanding a trade, asking for that trade. You know, you don't want to feel like you're valued. Okay, so you ask for a trade. You did the right thing. I don't think he was never not going to play. I don't think he was going to hold out. But Jim Irsay also made some comments, Doc, that he says if I'm out, if, if Jonathan Taylor's out of the league and I'm dead, no one's going to miss us. The NFL moves on, and then right after those comments. It's been rumored that he was going to put Jonathan Taylor on the NFI uh, train, which essentially meant that they could not pay him and for the amount of games he misses because he got hurt because of a non-football injury. And JT said that's completely bullshit. He's never had a back injury, never been hurt. What do we make of this Colts saga going on right now, this drama out there in Indianapolis? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I kind of saw this coming. Um I don't think that this had to do with the comments about, you know, if I'm gone, nobody's going to miss us, you know, whatever. I think, you know, this this kind of just went right in line with, uh, you know, him standing up for Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, um, that whole situation. Uh, he was pretty vocal in on Twitter or whatever the hell it's called now with that new logo. Um, he was pretty vocal on standing up for his guy. You know, that's his life. That's his position. So you got to be right. You expect that. Um, but I think that this was – just a cheap shot by Ursay to do this. I, I mean, obviously something is missing here, right? Because if they're putting them on the NFI list and there's no backing to it, like JT says, uh, like he claims, you know, the NFL is going to step in pretty quick and go, hey, or the, the NFL PA at least is going to step in and go, hey, wait a minute, you know, but uh, the fact that this is going on as long as it has, you know, there's something happening and I just – I'm not saying that either side is right or wrong. I'm just saying that we don't have all the facts, I don't think. Uh, something's missing in context here. 
But, you know, I definitely saw this coming after the comments that he made and, and, and going back to not wanting to pay. Great on Ursay for being up front with the star player, saying we're not going to pay you. Um, but, you know, a prime example, you know, as, as to why running backs aren't getting paid. You know, it's a guy – Coming off of uh, what was an injury last year, and I think the year before, or just last. Oh year? no, the year, the year before is when he had that mega year, and then everyone was high on him. And then yeah, he missed some games last year, a couple good games, but that was about it. He but even really but a down year. year overall, a down year yeah. overall. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's another prime example of why running backs aren't getting paid. You know, you're not coming out here consistently. You're not putting in the work. I mean, you're putting in the effort. You know what I mean? But the numbers aren't showing for it. Running backs, we've said it before. I'll hit it again. Running backs are a dime a dozen. There's a lot of schemes. doesn't matter who you put in there. You can put the mascot in there. He's going to make plays. He's going to get yards. He's going to move the ball up the field. He's going to control the tempo of the game. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying – and, again, this is where the context is kind of missing. I'm not disagreeing with Ursay. I'm not paying him. Uh, I think he's he's got to prove some stuff. You know, if this is his contract year – I, I need to see something this year before we make a deal. We're not we're not going into the season with a deal. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not arguing for every penny uh, for you. I'm sorry, not after last season. Um, you know, you kind of had you know the year before, like you said, was a breakout year. You kind of had some momentum building up to it, some noise building up to it. But I haven't seen it to where you are. You're you're not a Saquon Barkley. You're not a CMC. You're not Meckler. You know what I'm saying? Well, I I, I disagree there because this team. This team is so reliable on Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman that, especially with a rookie quarterback, that you're not going to pay. If, let's say, Anthony Richardson does succeed, let's say you know he gets paid in four or five years, you're not going to have to worry about Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you can pay him one more contract, and when I say one more, you can do a three-year contract, and when he's 27, move move on, cut bait. But to sit here but, and say this early, you're not going to pay him. I understand and I respect that you're up front, but I wouldn't say that. I would want the guy to bust his ass, show what he's worth pay him for a smaller contract. A three-year contract is not a bad value. 27 is still a good age up to that age where he can still produce. And the fact is, back to that whole NFI thing, we just had an owner do some shady shit out there with the commanders, Dan Snyder. And you saw him get the fucking boot. You know, they kicked him out. If it comes out and you're doing this and you're trying to put a guy on NFI and you're trying to make him sure he doesn't get no money, there's going to be investigations going on. And you don't want to be in the spotlight. You said you already had one owner out here. Getting, getting let go, essentially, and these owners aren't going to back you if, if you're doing some shady shit. So you got to do the right thing. Still play him. If he's healthy and he says he's good, his back's fine, then fucking play him. Don't sit here and rob truly rob him of his money. I don't think the tag's robbing people of the money. But to sit here and not pay him, if that's if that's the route you're going to go, that is pretty shady shit to me. And I will, I will lose all respect in the Colts owner, Jim Mercer. I know he's had his issues in the past, but that will literally be the last straw I've had with Jim Mercer. If that is the truth. What Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor is saying is true. No, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I mean, I don't care who you are. I mean, if you're getting shafted and sidelined like that over some nonsense, I mean, that that's cheating the game, cheating the system. You're cheating a man out of his livelihood. I, I completely oh, yeah. agree with that. You'll never hear me say otherwise. Um, but it doesn't change my my mind on, you know, this is your prove it year. This is where you need to come out ready to play. You need to put up some numbers. You want that three-year deal? Guess what? We had one great year. We had one year with a couple of, you know, with an injury and kind of a down year. So his I rookie see... year was, his rookie year was good too. His rookie, his first two years was phenomenal. And that's the thing is if you don't pay him next year, this is why I hate to tag because it's what's going to happen is he's going to fucking tag him, And now we're going to sit here. We're going to go through all this again next year. And it's just so annoying because you could pay but Jonathan tag... Taylor. But if you, if you can keep Jonathan Taylor for three more years on an actual good deal, you pay him a three-year deal. For let's say seventy million dollars, what's that? That's well, almost almost say let's say say sixty. Let's say sixty. Let's say three or sixty million dollars. That's that's a fifteen. That's a twenty year deal, or something even less than that. Just do three three year forty five, make it fifteen even. That's what a lot of the running backs want, anyways. If you see so he's had three talking... out of four good years, he's so young, he's not going to fall apart at this age. The age limit when they start to fall apart is twenty seven, twenty eight. So don't jip him of his contract now. I so the tag's bullshit. I've already, I'm not. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna stand with the owners with that. I mean, I stand with the owners because they can play the system because the system is there for them to play. It's a business. I think it's a. I think it's a bullshit system though. I not that they're not playing it the right way. They're playing it a hundred percent the right way, but it's bullshit in general. It's just a bad rule for the players. Right, and you and I we had some agreement disagreement on different scenarios with the franchise tag, and I think that. Uh... 
you know, it kind of depends on the situation, right? So if you're talking this year as a franchise year for him, you know, after last season, you're going to tag him. That's how it's going to go. Lamar Jackson, no, he should not have been tagged. You know what I mean? Saquon Barkley should not have been tagged. But if you're talking, but J- JT shouldn't be tagged neither because he is the offense, especially with a young coming off a la- coming off of last year. Unless if this was does... his tag year, if this was his tag, oh, year. but yeah, it's not year. right. So he's got to prove it year right now. Yes, if he gets ta- if he goes off this year and he's back to prime JT that we know, uh, prime JT that we love, you know, pay the man right. But yeah. the reality is. When you're coming off a season like he had last year, there's so many what-ifs. You can play the game all day long. There's so many scenarios you can run through your head. Uh, the season that he had last year, this is a prove-it year. I'm not saying jump to the franchise tag. I'm not saying cut him. I'm not saying, you know, the NFI list. But this is your year where you are, hey, if he's if he's right by the deadline, you know, we can talk contracts throughout the season as the season goes. But I want to see that you're going to be healthy. Uh, because we've seen too many players consistently injured throughout the years, um, guys that should be shining stars that just continue to be hurt. You know, I want to see, and we'll talk more about that in baseball, um, but I want to see you prove everything this year. If I see, and, and it doesn't have to happen by a certain time this year. Yeah. You make the plays by the end of the year. Let's do it. Let's make the deal. Let's give you the three-year deal. You know what I'm saying? But if he comes out week four, and gets hurt and is out until twelve, and you you say three oh, yeah, years, sixty million dollar deal, no big well, deal, right? I'm but saying if he, he goes gets off, hurt, yeah. right? Yeah, and if he gets hurt early on this year and it becomes a trend, you say he's a big part of the offense. I agree, but if he's out and he's hurt, he ain't doing nothing for that offense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, even the games that he played last year, he was not stellar by any means. No, he had a couple uh, of I don't games, think he was shit. Was yeah, he wasn't shit, but he wasn't he wasn't the JT that we know and love. So. I want to see him come out perform. This is a prove year for me. If I'm Jim Irsay, you know what? Comments be damned. Focus on this year because I'm going to tell you right now, if Richardson goes off and, you know, he progresses well throughout this season in his rookie campaign and JT is putting up the numbers, it's going to change Jim Irsay's tune. Because if you've got a winning team, you're going to, you're, you're going to continue. You're going to build around in the offseason. You're going to pay the guys deserve to be that are, that are keeping you in that spot. It's going to change by the end. I guarantee it. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll keep. It's definitely odd to keep on, or something to keep an eye on, because, like I said, training camps or preseason's coming up. We're going to see what, if he's even going to play. What's going on with the you know, so-called injury? We'll see if Jim Irsay does change his mind. Let's let's hope that John Taylor goes out and balls out, and let, let's see if that forces Jim Irsay's hand, and we'll see if he gets paid. Doc, though, you mentioned injuries uh, being a part of the game, and Tim Patrick, you know. A lot of Bronco fans, I have a couple of them in my office here. They're, they're high on Tim Patrick. They wanted him back. He, last year he tore his ACL in, in training camp. This year he tore his Achilles just a couple days ago. Well, yesterday, I believe. Prime and example. Also, and they lost K.J. Hamler as well, who uh, got designated. But they plan on bringing him back whenever he can get back. He has a heart issue. So he's, he's going to be out for a little while too. So the Broncos just lost two of the receivers that they were hoping to have. They still do have Cortland Sutton, and they still do have – Jerry Judy, and they did draft Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma this year. So that is their top three on the depth chart at the moment. Also, Russell Wilson's having issues with this the system that Sean Payton's point, are installing. Doc, how worried should the Denver Broncos offense be, especially with Javante Williams coming back from an injury, so we don't know how the run game's going to be there. How worried should the Broncos offense be heading into the season? Well, I don't think it's time to panic yet. I think there's still some time in the season um, to kind of – you know, get Russell into that, into that system with Sean Payton. I think, you know, as, as far as the injuries go, I mean, that's just part of the game. You still got a couple of solid one and two receivers. Um, Mims, I like to pick up out of Oklahoma, you know, I don't think we're quite in panic mode yet, but I think we're getting there. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of it is going to rely on how, how Russell adapts to this Sean Payton system. I don't think it's an overly complicated system. I think that Russell, in my opinion, is just struggling. You know, you and I talked a little bit before the show. I think, you know, it's just some kind of struggle of adapting to not having the control that he's used to having um, in his organization, his team getting kicked out when Sean Payton took over. Um, you know, I just don't think that he has the play, the, the, the say, rather, in what's going on as much as he had hoped. 
And now it's kind of, you know, Sean Payton came in knowing what needed to be done with this team. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in, in the past regimes. But I think he came in and just kind of took on that put up or shut up mentality. And a lot of guys, you know, were like, oh, okay, yep, time to get real. And Russell was like, eh, you know, not how I operate. And Sean was like, I don't give yeah. a shit. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's kind of, I think the quicker he realizes he just needs to take a back seat. And, and a step back and just kind of realize that he's not a head coach. Like, it's nice having that say in everything, but you've got a new coach coming in. Again, you know, relax, do what you're told, get in there, learn the system. Once you've mastered the system, then you've got an opportunity to put some input and and kind of dictate uh, some, some options in the game. But if you cannot figure out the system, the playbook, everything else, and you can't make it happen, why am I going to give you say? You know what I'm saying? Because if you can't do it, on what's scripted for you, you ain't going to be able to make it work on, on what you want. So no, yeah, I understand that. I mean, I'll, I'm a little worried. I'm not. I want to say I'm too worried about Russ yet. Oh, definitely, like yeah. Said, it's, no, definitely it's training. It, I mean, I'm not saying 100 worried at the moment. It's it's training camp, so we're going to see how it unfolds during preseason when they do run the vanilla style offense versus vanilla style defense. We'll we'll see that, and we'll see it when it comes into the the season. You know, when they start opening up and get ready for the first few weeks. I am a little worried about the wide receiver core, though, just because Jared Judy has a history of being, you know, banged up throughout the year. He's a small receiver. It seems, I, I mean, I don't think he's that big. He doesn't look that big, at least. And he seems like he's always nicked up Sutton. I know he had some issues last year as well. So this is a wide receiver core that has not seemed to have been healthy. And I'm sorry, like in an AFC that is so competitive, you need a good, you know, at least duo receivers that are going to start consecutively and consistently and be with your your quarterback and have that chemistry. Like you said, Doc, I, I think the Marvin Mims pickup's great. I thought he was good at Oklahoma. I, I think that he'll help any team. Um, but to be your third, you know, your third receiver in a rookie year where maybe you aren't ready to be in that role yet, we're going to have to keep an eye on him. But Sutton and Judy have to stay healthy because if they don't, this team is going to be so far behind other teams. Like, like I said, Javante Williams is coming back from a nasty injury. We're going to see what him and P. Ryan can do together, and that can take the load off for us. But Judy and Sutton have to stay healthy because this receiver core does not seem deep right now with the injuries that have already occurred. If they didn't have these two injuries, you can miss a guy here and there. That's completely fine. I understand that. But now you're down to Patrick K.J. Hamler. This offense needs to get some consistency there. They have to have the core there because, like you said, it's a, it's not a complicated offense, but it's it's new. So all these players are learning yeah. it, and you just can't be missing time. That's going to take the pre- it's going to help the pressure off Russ too if your receivers are there and healthy. So I, I think it's an issue for the receiving core right now, the receiving core in Denver. I, I think that's a big problem at the moment. I I'm not sold on Denver's uh, receiving core, honestly. I'm just not sold on them. Yeah, I mean, kind of going back the last couple of years, I mean, it's, it's been a consistent. That's the only consistent thing is that it has been inconsistent um, on this team. Um, you know, obviously there's some there, there's some worries with the injuries, even with you know what's left on the receiving core. I don't think it's a bad core to have, but again, it's uh, you know being able to show up, make plays, and being able to stay healthy. But you know, the argument of having a good one too. I mean, you can make that argument with any NFL team. You know what I mean? If the Bears have receivers, look where they'd be. You know what I'm saying? Before they got rid of their defense, but yeah. um, you know, it's just kind of it's part of the game. It's where guys got to step up, and you've just got to hope they stay healthy. But you know. Sutton and Judy, I mean, I don't think that, you know, that's a bad one-two combination to have. And Mims coming up, I think he's going to slide in nicely and get a good opportunity to kind of step up and, and find his role uh, in the organization. So it would be nice to see, you know, him kind of evolve and, and step up, take that spot so that if another injury does occur, you know, he can slide right in and, and make some plays happen. But um, I'm going to be honest, I think looking – Top to bottom on this team, I think my concern lies mostly with Russ over the receiving core. Um, I mean, that makes you know, sense. Another too. injury. He's off that, yeah, he's coming off that bad year. I mean, I, and I do apologize. Yeah. Sutton and Judy haven't missed uh, as much games I thought they had the last two years combined. They have missed a few games each season, but it just seems like they're – I wouldn't say that they're hurt. It just it just seems like they're in, they're invisible. Like, I mean, Sutton, especially last year, disappeared a lot. It seemed like whenever I was watching Broncos the, the games. core that, and that that's the thing, the, the biggest consistency, like I said earlier about this receiving core is the inconsistency. Yeah. And then being able to show them play and Sutton and Judy absolutely have the talent and the makeup 
to be oh, a spot-on one-two combination in this league. So if they come out, and this is where it goes back to Russ. If Russ is performing, Russ is stepping up, doing what he needs to do, he gets his system down, he can absolutely make them into stars. They're capable of doing it without Russ, you know, but obviously he's their quarterback, so they need him. But, uh, you know, these are two guys that can be standouts in the league, and Russ can help make it happen, and Russ can be a standout himself. It's just and that's why my biggest – He's on a exactly, and that's why my biggest concern this year is Russ, because yep. these two receivers can absolutely make it happen. Mims can absolutely be, you know, similar to what we saw. I'm not even going to go down the list, I and mean, we we can do this all day long, but he can absolutely be a stud rookie receiver for this team now that he's pretty much guaranteed to get some targets um, with the oh, openings yeah. in, in the roster. But, you know, that's where it's going to come down to Russ to step up and make plays. You know, we saw the struggles last year. He's got to step it up. He's got to be that veteran quarterback, that Russ that we knew in Seattle. You know, I honestly, I, there's so many, there's so many, yeah. There's so many things that we can think about as far as, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to get this point out, but there's so many things that we could think about as to why Russ struggled. But honestly, I think that, he just came out of Seattle and came into Denver, and I think that he was expecting it to be an easy transition, and it wasn't. And I don't know if he just didn't put the work in or what, but, I mean, Russ has got to step his game up this year. That, that's all there is to it. This The receiving core, I'm not even going to say, regard, you know, despite the injuries that we've seen already this year, I'm not even going to say the injury core relies on being healthy. I'm going to say it relies on Russ. Yeah, and that's something I, I definitely agree with you, like, like Sean Payton alluded to. He did say the team last year, even though it wasn't just Nathaniel Hackett, he did call out the team in general, especially the offense. I mean, it was a lot more than Nathaniel Hackett, yes, but Russ was part of the problem. I think he had distractions on his mind. He maybe self-enforced distractions because, yeah, I mean, personally, it looked like he thought his ego was already too big. So, I mean, personally, I think his ego was already too big, so that's kind of what it was. But, Doc – that's what I thought. I thought I thought he, he was going into Denver, thought Denver had a made-up team top to bottom, thought he was just going to walk in and win a championship. I kind of got that, that you know, yeah, that image I agree. Of, of what he kind of walked in, big dick Russ, big dick yep. energy, thought, yep, yep he, I'm here. This, I'm all y'all needed. We going to win now, baby. No, it didn't happen. Yep. But, no, that's definitely, I think, minus the Jets, I think this is definitely one of the most interesting teams just because Sean Payton's coming in town, Russ is on a prove-it-year deal. But, Doc, you know, speaking of the Jets, I mentioned Hackett. We, we we did talk about it last week, but Hackett and Aaron Rodgers, they definitely had their chance to respond. And, you know, I, I know you're tracking what Sean Payton said and the bullshit excuse he had and the little, you know, fake apology. I guess he had – it sounded like he had to do. But Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett had their comments back. At, I'll start with Aaron Rodgers, you know, the star quarterback for the New York Jets. He, you know, he was asked about it. He said he's not going to get too much into it, but he pretty much politely said – just keep my coach's name out your mouth. And as much as we've seen Aaron Rodgers, you know, ride the bus over somebody else, back up, hit somebody else on his team, I respect Aaron Rodgers for making that comment. Stick it up for his offensive coordinator, a guy he's had a lot of respect for. It was a guy he was successful with in Green Bay. Going back to Green won, Bay. Won two MVPs with him as offensive coordinator. I know it was a lot more than just Nathaniel Hackett. They had LaFleur as well. So I respect Aaron Rodgers for making that comment. And you know what? Good for Nathaniel Hackett for sticking up for himself too because he said – you broke the code, man. Like that's the coaching code. That's we're brothers here in the league, even though I might've screwed up the, the Denver Broncos. I was part of that, but you don't call me out like that, especially when he has nothing to do with the Denver Broncos right now. Yes. You can say, like I told Chris and Luke, you can say the Denver Broncos have a lot of issues. We got, we got to pick up the pieces here. It was just a bad situation that happened last year. And then leave it at that. You don't have to mention names to get personal. I, I agree with Daniel Hack and Aaron Rodgers and Robert Sala. Just shut the fuck up, Sean Payton, and worry about the Denver Broncos. Yeah, this was – the Broncos have, have been an issue going back several years. I mean – Since Payton retired. I know, best way I, yeah, 100%. Retired. Since, that, since that, that playoff run against uh, – uh, It was Brady Cam and Cam. Newman. Yeah. Yeah, Cam Brady Newman, Super yeah. Bowl. You know – Honestly, I think that Peyton just kind of, I think Sean Payton just kind of got ahead of himself and overthought some things. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, I think he just kind of made a comment to prelude a excuse for why the Broncos are the way they are in case he can't fix them right, um, which was a mistake on his part. You know, and like you said, Rogers, I respect him stepping up, standing up for his coach. You know, you, you got to do that because you don't, you know, 
And he did it in the best way possible. He used as minimal words as possible. Didn't really, you know, said keep my coach's name out your mouth. You know, he will smith them, but he didn't slap them across yeah. the face. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he he probably would have if he was next to him, to be honest. He, he probably would have slapped, slapped him just like that. Um, it's Aaron Rodgers' way, though. He He's not a very guy that – I mean, he could talk, but he's very short and to the point. I mean, he's just – I was waiting for him to say, keep my fucking coach's name out your mouth. That's what I was hoping. I was always going to drop the fucking F-bomb and just be like, yo – just shut the fuck up, dude. Like, I mean, this New York vibe, though, if you see Rodgers, he looks a lot happier. I mean, him and Saucer vibing, getting chains on he's, in the he's locker. Got, he's, got op- he's got options out there. He's got weapons. Oh, yeah. He's happy. He's I got mean, a future it, out there. It's a fresh start, and I think that if this was a, I think this was a Green Bay Aaron Rodgers, and let's say it wasn't Hackett to call another coach, I don't think he would have been as uh, quick to pull that trigger to back or to defend his coach. So I think no, the New York vibe no, has got he was him in, good. No, if he was in Green Bay, he probably would have made a comment similar to something like, uh, let's see, what can I come up with? Oh, he should have never left here? us. Oh, he should have uh, never left Green Bay. No, no, he would, have, he would have said something more like, am I allowed to make a comment on this, or do you want to bring Jordan Love in to comment on it? Yeah, he, he would have said something smart. He would have ran over. He would have ran over that coach that they called out. He probably would have backed up Sean Payton, but I respect no, Rodgers this saying is, this. Yeah, yeah and, and I respect it and cross the line. He just made it clear, hey, leave it alone. Shut your mouth. That's it. You know what I'm saying? He didn't really attack back, you know, um, and and as the leader of that team and, and even coming in, you know, he's the leader of that team, uh, you know, standing up for his guys, let him know, you know, that brings that cohesion together with the team, unifies them and everything, um, you know, and and fake apology or not from Sean. I mean, I still I still respect that at least because I think I think deep down, no matter how, you know, no matter the delivery, I think he realized like shit. Yeah, no, I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't have done that. I would have just said, just don't say it. Don't even apologize, man. Just keep it. It makes week five juicier, honestly, more spicy. But I'm going to laugh when they, they come out and fucking stomp them. When they stomp New York or New York stomps them? No, New York stomps them. New York's going to kick the shit out of them. The only thing I'm having uh, when we talk, because we're, we're going to predict these games. It's in Denver, so it, that's a hard stadium to play. Uh, Denver's defense still isn't bad, so we'll, a little early to break that game down because we don't know what's going to be like with the teams back, you know, by week five which is like another month and a half, literally two months. So speaking of the Jets, though, Doc, Jets and the Browns this week, we have our first preseason action. It is the Hall of Fame game. We're not going to really go into details about it. We'll probably cover it on the Friday episode. I'd like to see some of these backups. I don't know which, how far. I know we're going to see a lot of rookies. I'm excited to see Cedric Tillman from the Browns. He's a University of Tennessee third-round pick. Zach Wilson's probably going to play a little bit. Aaron Rodgers has been coaching him up a lot on the on the field, so – interested to see some football i don't care if it's shit if it's the third strings versus each other it's definitely more exciting to see uh the usfl and the xfl in my opinion so ready for some football yeah i mean definitely ready to just see the nfl get back but i don't know I, I don't know what's more of a joke the hall of fame game or uh the pro bowl you know what i'm saying i mean the third stringers going out there and Pro Bowl you know, is more of a joke. Yeah, Pro Bowl's more of a joke. I don't know, man. The lack of defense in the Pro Bowl is pretty similar to what you see from the third and fourth string in the practice squad. Yeah, but uh, but they're playing vanilla style, like so they're not even really playing like a true form. Like they're just playing basic formations. This is, that... But this is why. This is why. So we've we've moved to London, right? Baseball's moved to Mexico and playing games. This is why you need to take the game. If you want the Brown or the, I'm sorry, the Jets and Broncos, take their week five matchup, put it in, the, call it the Hall of Fame game, play it in Ohio, right? That's where the Hall of Fame's at? Yeah, it's Canton, in Canton, right? Ohio. Yep, Canton, Ohio. Yeah. Play the game there. Make it a regular season game. Like, they need to stop fucking around with this, with this before the preseason bullshit because everybody knows you ain't playing the starters. Especially with the injuries that we've seen this year, everybody knows the yeah, influence. Are put the shit, pick the game, the team, the, the game that you want it to be. Whatever your decision making factor is to to pick who it's going to be before the preseason, apply that to the regular season. Pick the game, have those two teams playing Canton. Call it a fucking day. Call I mean, it a Hall of Fame game. You'll see the starters week two of the preseason when they play about maybe a quarter and a half or so because you. No, you'll like see them week one. They'll yeah. play the first drive in week one. You know, they'll play the first drive week one. They'll play about almost a half in week two. Week three, they're not going to play at all because that is the last preseason game. It used to be four, but now it's only three. So it used to be that third preseason game was the, the dress game where you'd play a half. Yeah. And then – but and you have to have that. You have to have some game speed. You can't just go out there 
with no speed I get speed that, but all. not the Hall of Fame game. No, yeah, the and Hall of Fame me, game is just for backups, if I'm, essentially. If I'm fucking Brian Urlacher getting elected to the Hall of Fame, and I'm out there watching this game, and I'm watching fucking Joey Smart, you know what I'm saying? It's not even a real yeah. player, right? But I'm watching some fucking snuffies that can't even tie their own laces, and they're out here, you know, under well, center, it's the value, running it's the value routes with the like... It's evaluate your backups who are going to be, you know, the deep depth guys that are no, trying ain't. to make the team. No, it well, ain't. Not the Hall of Fame game. Come on. Well, yeah, it's because it's your third, four stringers that are borderline making the roster. That yeah, are... but dude, you're you're. This isn't preseason. This is one. This is two teams out of. Well, it's, con- what, it's considered pre. Well, it's considered a fourth preseason game for the Jets and uh, Browns, who are the other team. Yeah, so, dude, they, they they essentially pick for the Hall of Fame game. They pick. Put some respect that's... on it. Well, it's essentially so you got your Hall of Fame class, and then they pick a, a one of the players that represents that team that's in there. So the Jets, Darrell Revis, I forgot who the Browns, or Joe Thomas. So both of them are in the Hall of Fame. They chose the Jets, Browns. They play each other. That's essentially how the Hall of Fame selection works. They just pick two teams out of the representatives. Then, essentially, then do the same in the regular season. <laughs> but no, besides this doc, after this we have preseason legit, like legitimate preseason games. So. We'll get excited to that. August, by the way, out there is one of my favorite months because it is the Little League World Series. To me, it's one of the best tournaments in sports. I love it. Grew up watching it with my family, my grandfather, and my aunt and uncle. We, we watch it heavily. And August is, is Little League World Series time, too. So go USA. I know I'm rep- repping the jersey. This is a men's World I'm Cup jersey. But I'm disappointed in Team USA. Yeah, hey, we advanced. That's good enough, but we need to get better. We got to show some passion out there, girls. We got to get fucking going. We got to win this World Cup, dude. We got to get we three gotta in a row. Do, We got to do We yeah. got to do better than 43 to 1 against the Netherlands. Yeah, we have to stop it just the, the I, okay, let's talk about it real quick for baseball. We'll, we're at baseball with the last set, second half, but Women's World Cup. I didn't get to watch last night's game cuz it was just on too late. I didn't set an alarm to wake up at midnight for it. But why are you talking about the Little League World Series? Why did you move on to the oh, World Cup? I was because I mentioned oh, – dude, it was the same situation. Literally, you were talking about the oh, same. Man. Yeah, oh, it was man. the same. Well, I mean, they both – like for the women's the women's World Cup, though, I mean, like they need to start showing some passion out there and start fucking winning because we won two in a row for for uh, for uh the World Cup for the women's. We need to fucking get this third one in a row. Like this mediocre, mediocre bullshit against these teams that we should be blown out, it, it needs to stop now. Because this isn't the group stage anymore, girls. Get it together. Fucking bring the gold back home to the, to the United States. Tell them, Doc. Tell them, go USA, man. It's what we need to fucking have out there. Oh, go USA, dude. I mean, yeah, it's time to fucking, it's time to, to pony up. You know what I'm saying? Stop fucking around. Um, you know, narrowly advancing the World Cup. You know, yeah, we're out of group play. You, you don't have, you know, four games to, to make up ground. You, you got to win them all from here on out. So, Yep. Time to stop fucking around. Time to time to tie the laces up and, and get to work. Do what you've done the last two World Cups, girls. Bring it home. Doc, speaking of bringing it home, we're going to bring it home the last second half of this, this episode with some baseball talk. We are the baseball pundits mm. on the show. I know I'm a little behind mm. in baseball. The last year or so, I've kind of fallen off. Been a little busy, but I still keep on. I don't watch as heavily as I used to, but I'm still in the up and coming, or I'm still keeping up with the current events, I guess you can say. Watching as much games as I can. It's been a bad year for my Yankees, even though we are well now three games above 500 after tonight's loss to the Tampa Bay Rays. It's been a bad year. Judge looks lost the dis- series at the Orioles for the first time since 2016. The Orioles are surprisingly the season a, series. They're a contender, Doc. They they have they they're in first move. place. They are. They're are they a contender? Or are they a pretender? Is the AL East this year just there just to look good? I mean, we have the AL West, the Rangers and Astros, who, in my opinion are going to be the representative. One of those two teams will represent the American League this year. And let's talk about it, Doc. Training, the trade deadline was today. Some of these teams, well, a lot of teams made went after pitching. The Dodgers went after pitching, the Rangers, the Astros, teams that needed it heavily. I thought the, the Rangers did a good job getting Jordan Montgomery, getting Max Scherzer. Yes, they may maybe not been their best stuff this year, but – I think they'll be a lot better coming to Houston. Houston, or not Houston, sorry, Texas. Texas has a phenomenal well, lineup, not, starting lineup right now. The Angels now. The Angels made some moves too, after which me and my buddy Jake, uh, we're going to try to get him as a special guest on here. He, Let's not he skip was, on the most baffling fucking team in all the MLB to not to not sell Trout, hold on to Otani. 
yeah. and make just enough moves to pretend to be serious about contending, to, but to not enough to really Otani, be yeah. contending. To try and trick Otani essentially for staying. That's what they're doing. They're trying to they're trying to manipulate him just to staying. We'll see if they're gonna offer him what they say seven hundred million dollars, what it's gonna take to get Otani. We're gonna see if they can do that. I I think if they don't sign him, it's definitely the biggest L of the trade deadline. That we won't see that L until, you know, February, March, till whatever or whenever they start <laughs> signing free agents because the Astro or the Angels, they're in that I'm telling you, Doctor, and that I think they're in a tough division with the the Rangers and Astros right now that which your team sold players to, you know, the White Sox are selling it left and right as well, man. Like, and there were rumors that the Astros were going to buy on some of those players. I don't think they did, but yeah, your White Sox were big, big, big sellers this year. Oh, huge sellers. More moves coming um, than I'm just getting news on right now. But um, no, I mean, definitely surprising moves by the Angels. Um, not surprising in the sense of them trying to be contenders, but it was just like it's such a smoke show in my opinion. And honestly, um, first of all, I don't think there's an MLB team that can offer Shohei $700 seven million. I mean, at most, what, probably a 10-year deal. I mean, nobody's – It might be a 12-14. It might be a 12-14-year or deal. Even then. Even then, dude. I mean, you're talking – right now the highest I think was Trout, 450 for ten and or judge twelve was, years, judge was just below. Judge was just below him. He didn't yeah. even reach Trout's number. R- well, and rightfully so. Uh, when Trout signed no, the yeah. deal, Trout um, was the best. Is was arguably the. I mean, actually, wasn't even argued to me. He was the best player when he signed his contract. Yeah, Trout. Trout. What you know, Judge may got a little bit more in the pop for power. I mean, it doesn't mean that Trout's not putting up the power, but Trout's got the on base, the the slugging, the you know, the average, everything else. Um, but if Shohei stays in Los Angeles, it will be the biggest mistake of his career. I the mean, question is, seeing... if he stays in Los Angeles, will it be the blue and white team that goes after him? Will it be the Dodgers? What do you mean? Will the Dodgers be the team that if he doesn't? LA? Yeah, will, be, will that be the LA team that he stays? He stays in Los Angeles. I don't know if it's Anaheim, but I he stays in Los Angeles to... market. So it's going to depend on what the realistic value of his signing is. Um, but I have to look at the Dodgers. Because the Dodgers are already over the luxury tax. I don't think the Dodgers can afford to sign him. Because well, the amount that they're going to pay in tax yeah. for being that far over. I have to look and see what's coming up in the payroll. And how much well, they the can MLB really just, to do. I, we just talked about this the other day. Yesterday in my office. The MLB, I forgot about this. They made the Dodgers make cuts. Because they were so far. They couldn't afford it. Like, when it came down to it. They were at a billion dollar payroll. Um, what was it in 2016 or so? 2018, they had to make a big cut. I, I think my buddy said that. I don't know if it's official, but the MLB also helped the Dodgers make some of that, those payments because they just couldn't. They couldn't do it. And the Dodgers do need. They would need an Otani though. They they need pitching. They did just get pitching though from the White Sox, Joe Kelly, and I forgot who was the starter they got from the White Sox. I they call that good pitching. Uh, well, they got on. Joe Kelly. Yeah, they got Joe Kelly back, though. You know, famous Dodger after that Carlos Correa moment. But, yeah, they need pitching bad, and Otani would help out there. He'd also be a bat for the Dodgers, too. I mean, I think every team could use an Otani on their team. 100%. But I, I, I think the last team in the league that's going to get him is the Dodgers, and I think the second-to-last team is the Yankees, unless the Yankees offload some serious cash over to uh, the Angels in terms of contracts. But I'm not even going to speculate where he goes right now um, because it's it's clear that he's staying on the Angels. Yeah, I mean, now that we know he's staying, we got time to to speculate that for the rest of the season and and into the offseason. But um, overall, I just think that that would be a huge mistake. I mean, looking at Trout and, you know, he's put up with the Angels as long as he has and, and how they've failed miserably. Um, getting pool holes just before the end of his prime, um, yeah, just enough years, that was it. good yeah. two years out of him, and and that was it. Rendon, uh, that, you know, never, I think that one never, good year out of Rendon. I don't think he even got. One I think good they had one. I think they had one pretty decent year out of Rendon. Well, but if I'm um, not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, he so he they won the series. The Nationals won the series in 20, 19 because the Dodgers yep. had the COVID year. He left. If I'm not mistaken, with the following year, 
going into the COVID year. I mean, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't COVID year officially when he signed. So here I have his numbers right here. Anthony Rendon with the Dodgers. So he's been with the Dodgers since 2000 and yeah, 2020. His best batting average, he Angels. batted two Angels. I'm sorry, 286 his first year. Um, but he also only played 52 yeah. games. I mean, that was COVID year, I guess. So COVID year was the only good year in a shortened season. That's what I'm saying. It was a solid year, but it was still a solid year. Yeah, and 58 games. I mean, you know, wasn't like I mean, he played 52 and everybody played 160. I mean, you got you got to put everybody but, against each other. He played, but a solid he's been year. hurt. But he's been hurt every year since that that year. Even this That's year, he got saying. hurt. Yeah, That's so, what I'm saying. It's never Between worked him, out. Pools, like the Angels just continue to pretend like they give a shit. I think that they're just not truly in contention, which is weird when you've got a Mike Trout on your team. People want to come and play. Even Lucas, you know, alluded to um, being in that playoff race with with Trout and and Otani. So you know, they're just they're, they're doing a fucking smoke show for the marketing for Otani and Trout, and they're not actually trying to win with them. So um, best of luck to all of them going into this season. I hope Lucas finds somewhere that can actually win with them. Um, I hope Otani goes somewhere that can actually appreciate him. Um, and I hope Trout – I mean, Trout just genuinely likes being in I L.A. I think he likes, so he likes it there. He yeah. had the opportunity to go to the Phillies, and he just liked being out there. So, you know, he, he doesn't – I don't think Yankees he cares too, about yeah. winning. He's getting paid. He just likes being out there. Um, before we move on, otherwise... though, before we move on, what is your bold – just bold prediction? It, has, it might not be true. Where does Otani land in 2024? When it's all said and done, mm. what is the team – he will be playing for. He'll be dual. He'll be a dual player out there. He'll be pitcher and hitting. Where is he going to be at, Doc? I, I'm thinking the Giants are going to make a steal for him. I think the Giants are heavy on Aaron Judge. I think they're going to throw a lot of cash his way. They don't have. A, I don't think they have a lot of payroll or you know big big stars out there right now. Bring in Otani, build around him in San Francisco. They're only a couple games out of first two in the West, so they're only a couple pieces away. It seems like to be contenders. Truthfully, I think the Giants can make a big steal for him. I think there is one team that can afford the lofty contract that he will bring. A team that is young enough, that has enough control over the folks that they've got playing that are contenders right now. Um, I'm going to go a three-way tie as far as who's going to get him in no particular order. I'm going to start with the two obvious um, Braves and Rays. I think Atlanta and Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay especially, we know how desperately they need pitching. Um, every oh, they year they yeah. just they attack pitching at the at the deadline, um, and providing that bat as well. I think that would be the final piece that the Rays need. Um, same thing for the Braves. I think it gives them another strong arm in the rotation and another great bat to play in the DH spot. Um, That'd be house money too to go to the Braves. How how good they are. They didn't really do much at the deadline. They did get Brad Hand and another pitcher that they really don't even and need. I, I mean, I have to look them up, but I don't think their payroll is too crazy. And they've it's spread out too. Everyone is spread out for them like most part. Like they have a couple That's guys here saying. and there. It's like every other year they have a guy that like is is you know due. So they are That's really playing. Yeah, that management is definitely spreading the payout strategically too because like i said they're they're one of the, they're probably the best team in baseball right now right at this moment they're the best team in baseball and if they if he does go to atlanta doc like i mean if if there's no injuries I'll wait to hear my next one please don't say it wait. i'm hoping you don't say in the boss it's not please don't say boston That's no all. i don't want no. okay because people no, are saying no, no. boston's no. gonna be into him so no, Boston's everybody's going to be into him. Everybody's going to make a pitch, but the real the real players are going to are going to emerge. But um, one team that I think can actually afford to throw the ridiculous money at him because their team is so young and they have so much team control. My dark horse, you heard it here first. I'm going Chris Gemeinhard here. We miss you, Chris. I'm going to do this one for you. Turn it the fuck up. You heard it here first. The Baltimore Orioles are signing Shohei Otani. Damn, Luke would be That's happy with that horse. one. Yeah, Luke would be happy with that. I mean, he might actually watch. He might actually watch the Orioles. Think about it. The young talent on that team. Yeah. They don't have any crazy money tied to anybody. They've got control over over the bulk of this team. They've still got guys down in the minor leagues. 
that are ready to come up. They're, yeah, they're I mean, and, and the way that they're competing right now, you're talking this is this is a team that feels like this is their piece to win it all. If they're doing this with the with the youth that they have, the inexperience that they have, and they've still got a lot of talent no, I in mean, the minor I, leagues knocking on the door to come up here, Shohei is just a fucking the last piece. If they're aggressive enough to compete with the big boys, like the spender wise, I, I think it's, it's a all good it fit. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a good fit, Doc. And you mentioned the Orioles competing. Who are some of your second half contenders? Because right now we're in that that stretch of August, September, October baseball. We're now we're going to get excitement. It's the summer now, going into fall very shortly. Who are some of your your contenders? Are the Orioles serious, even though they're there? Are the Rays going to find a way back to get a hold of the AL East? We saw the Dodgers, like I said, the Dodgers and the Rangers and the Astros. They made big, big moves with the pitching uh, trades. Who are we going to see emerge to that that top, that top of the crop, essentially? Besides Atlanta, we know Atlanta's going to be there. We can exclude them. We already know that they're one of the best contenders in baseball. Who is going yeah, to compete so with Atlanta? I'm going to just start with each of the divisions. I'm not really going to go into wild card. Um, I'm just going to kind of start with the divisions. AL East, I think I think Baltimore is going to collapse, and I think that's what's going to drive them to to go so hard for Otan in the offseason. I think realizing how close they got with the crop that they have, I think that's what's going to make them push so hard for it. Um, and they are going to be, like you said, you know, are they going to be a contender to step up and pay? And I think that they're going to be one of the few teams that can. The Dodgers, Dodgers have to offload way too much to do it. Dodgers have to Dodgers have to trade all of their salary in order to, yeah. to afford a contract like that. Um, even Tampa Bay is is paying out some money. So as much as I think Tampa Bay is in that race, they've still got to offload some money. Um, and if he goes to Tampa, at he, least if he goes to Tampa, they might have to build a new stadium because he's been hitting the roof a lot <laughs> in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, that, that roof's going to be getting yeah. a lot of holes and dents in there and dings. So. No, I'll start with the LE. So I think Baltimore falls off. Um, I think the inexperience catches up. Uh, it's great the run that we've seen, and I love the energy and the vibes that we're seeing from them. I love um, what is in store, what's to come for this team. I think we're going to see the Orioles come back, I think, for the first time since, what, the 70s, uh, Brooks Robinson days. Um, so very excited to see this team as competitive again, or Cal Ripken Jr. days even. Um, I think Tampa I mean, Bay is going to retake. They were good for a few years with that, uh, the Adam Jones days. They weren't like great, but they were competing. Yeah. They were they, they were there. They were, they were competing, they started, but they weren't real competitors. Let's they were real. decent last year for the first beginning of the year, and then they, like you said, they experienced. But they're getting they're getting better and better. Is what it seems like every year. They are. It's just more and more. They experience. are. I think though. I think um, I think they fall out of it. I think that the inexperience takes over. I think that the tried and true with the Rays jumps back into first. I think the Yankees make a strong second half push because that's what they've been known to do the last couple of years. They've had some slow starts early on in the season and come back strong in the second half. Um, I am very much expecting them to, I mean, Louis, Louis Severino got absolutely rocked. Yeah. Uh, what was it last night? He, he called that himself the worst pitcher. In, he called himself the worst pitcher in baseball and rightfully so he's been pretty bad. Uh, I mean, you got to clear the mindset. Bad. That's where the pitching coach got to step in, clear the mindset and re- hit the reset button. He, you know what I'm saying? He hasn't been good really since his, before his injury, honestly. It's been a, it's been a while since he's been. Well, it's been a long road to recovery. It has been. And I, unfortunately, Doc, I don't know if the Yankees are going to make that comeback. They are just – there's no I, offense. I didn't, I didn't say we're going to make the comeback. I said but, I think that they're going to make a, a second-half push. I think that they're going to jump back into that number two and kind of start to make that run. Because I think that Baltimore is not just going to fall like late in the last week. I think it's going to, I think it's going to happen a little harder than I would like to see. I mean, I'm not talking like a 30 game losing streak, but over the course of the second half, I think that gap between the Orioles and the Yankees is going to start to close. And honestly, you're only talking 11 games between the two of them. I mean, that's, you could make that up in six days, six days of standings could completely swap in this division. So it's not like it's something that's um, unquestionable. Um, but I think the Yankees do make a push. I think they start to recover. They've done it before. I mean, this is typical Yankees of this century. Let's be real. Um, going to the AL West, um, Rangers very strong. Unfortunately, Houston made a lot of moves to the deadline. Texas made a couple of moves to the deadline. I think regardless, I think Houston comes out on top. Um, again, just the experience, the playoff atmosphere. This team knows what it takes. They know – what it means to be there. Um, I definitely think that's them. Uh, Oakland, I think we can rule out Oakland in any facet of competition yeah. um, for probably the next five years. They're done. 
Um, last division in the American League, my division. Uh, um, you don't have to talk. You don't have to talk about. It, to be honest, it's a waste of your breath if you even say anything good about them. Very they're just going to talk about. They're going to. Honestly, the Central this... is going to. Yeah, Twins are going to get to the playoffs. <laughs> and then I'm they're not going to say that. I well, actually, I think the Twins are going to take it because uh, Cleveland was sellers at the market. Um, White Sox were sellers at the market. Royals are just dog shit. Detroit is like Detroit's like that Baltimore a couple of years ago. Like they're all they just were trying finding to sell, their way into and, the show, and they were trying to sell too. Even Eduardo yeah. Eduardo said, "No, I am not leaving. I'm not going to LA." So they tried selling a couple players. They 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 get rid of a couple, but I think they also yeah. they're just going to make the playoffs good for them, and they're going to get demolished in in the playoffs, no matter who they play. It's yeah, just, baseball's sorry. weakest division, like you said, not even worth talking about. Um, just breaks my heart for my White Sox. Um, I I don't even know what to say at this point anymore. Honestly, sell the house. We did make a couple. We did pick up a couple, a couple top 100 prospects. Great to see that. Um, I'm kind of hoping the White Sox just finish out losing, losing out the rest of the year, get the number one pick um, for next year's draft. That would just probably be the only highlight of this season. Um, but I mean, I could talk about the White Sox and why they're struggling all day long. So we'll touch on that another time. Go, moving on to the National League, the NL East. Um, Marlins, couple sneaky moves. Uh, the Mets were sellers, another disappointment. The Mets are like the White Sox of the National League uh, as far as disappointment goes. Actually, it's it's kind of a toss between the Mets and the Cardinals um, and the Padres. And the Padres. Don't forget the Padres too. No, Padres. Padres are, are fully expected at this point. This is three straight years of the product of the Padres being a grown, a finished product, well, a polished product that should be able to win and just haven't been able to. So I we'll get to that more in a little bit. The Padres spin like they're the Yankees, but play like they're the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, we'll get we'll get on that. <laughs> we'll get on that more in a little bit. Um, but finishing up in the in the NL East, uh, Braves are going to run away with it. There's no doubt about that. Um, Phillies. Phillies are just a basket case. Um, they're going to they're have a couple of good streaks. They're going to get everybody's hopes, hopes up in Philly, thinking that this is the Eagles coming out here and they're going to shit the bed. I think Miami is going to overtake Philly in the second half. I think they're going to be a close number two, possibly even fight for a wild card spot. Uh, Mets are done. Nationals never got started. Moving on to the NL Central. Um, very close race between Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Honestly, my biggest surprise in the National League this year as far as – unexpected uh even though we expected the cardinals and um you know the mets to be better the biggest prize to me i think is success by the cubs i think uh third place only four games out of first in the nl central is absolute strides for them um definitely I mean, I even, in a position i think the reds too like they're one of the them like i said them in arizona too in my opinion especially the reds first place they they call up their little boy wonder out there. He's changed life in let's, Cincinnati. Let's let's relax well, in I mean, first place or half a game up. But they weren't expected to be here. That's the thing. They were expected to still be a pretty lackluster team. They're maybe a I'm year too early honest, too. So I don't. I think St. Louis was the only team in the NL Central expected to be above five hundred. That's true. No, I mean, I, well, I think Milwaukee too. People, Milwaukee still has the talent. They're still competitive. Yeah, they've been there. I'll yeah. give you that. I'll give you that above five hundred, but not not a but true I think the, deep postseason. I think the Reds. Uh, I think the Reds are a year too early too. Like I think they're a pleasant they, surprise. They, yeah, which is good for them. Hey, be be a little early. You know, you still have your young prop, like you said. So, like we talked about off air a lot. So, Cruz is definitely changing life there in, in Cincinnati. And oh my we'll see god, maybe, so much fun to we'll, watch. We'll see maybe if guys want to come play for Cincinnati with this kid, and maybe they'll change life even more for Cincinnati. So. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's going to be a close, race, close late race between Cincy and Milwaukee, and I think Cubs even have potential to sneak in there at the end. Um, Pittsburgh is still finding its footing in the league. Uh, St. Louis has been an absolute dumpster fire. They were sellers. I, they, they were, were sellers. sellers in some pitching, and the funny thing is, they were sellers in the only area that they could not afford to be sellers in. Yeah. Pitching is the one thing this team is missing, and that's all they moved was pitching. They unloaded it. I mean, they just said here, here you I, go. I don't like, they didn't sell. I mean, yeah, they got rid of Montgomery, they got rid of Hicks. They didn't they didn't and and they didn't sell any bats, did they? I don't think they, they sell, did. Unless they got rid of they got rid of of DeJong. 
Paul Paul DeJong. So they didn't get rid of any bats. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, not pitcher. All right. got rid of yeah. yeah. All right, so they didn't get rid of any bats because uh, I wouldn't said, really consider that a loss that, for them. They said Nolan was off. Either Nolan said he's off the table, or the Cardinals. One of them said that he's not leaving. I'm pretty sure both. The, I don't think Nolan said that he wasn't going anywhere, but that was off of the GM telling him that he was not being moved. GM was very upfront with him. GM was upfront with the press um, in pregame interviews, saying flat out, Nolan is not going yeah. anywhere. Um. Which he would have helped a, very, a lot. I mean, if he, if he would have been traded, that would have been – I think teams would have been jumping all over him. I mean, teams that definitely need that a That was your opportunity. You have yep. enough bats in the minor league that could have made up for that. You have folks that can fill that hole, you know. I don't know. Shout out he, to my boy, How. I'm sorry, man. I, I really wish I had better things to say about the Cardinals, but he, he'll even tell you. They've been a dumpster fire. It's been embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Um, him bad. and I actually go back and forth frequently – on uh, which one of us is more upset about our teams. <clears throat> I don't think he understands what it means to be a White Sox fan. Because um, we knew what the Cardinals were missing going into the season. The White Sox were expected to be World Series contenders. Our window's closing um, before it even opened up all the way. <laughs> uh, so moving on to the NL West, um, Dodgers, Giants, Arizona. Honestly, um, Arizona, I know they were trying to make a couple moves. I have not caught up with today's action on the last day of the deadline. Um, so I'm not sure. I know if they were trying to find some extra help for Zach Allen um, and Merrill in, in the front end of the rotation. I did not look to see if anything had happened with that. Obviously the Dodgers are contenders. San Francisco has stepped up. Um, the Giants, yeah, the Giants came up hot before the, the all-star break. So they, they creeped up back into that NL West. Arizona fell off a little bit. I mean, only three and a half games out of first place. But, Doc, this is usually where the Dodgers start to take off. I mean, this is yeah. August baseball. The Dodgers made their moves. I mean, I know it wasn't strong pitching, but they got pitching. They thought they got. They also got a you know, um, I don't know, fuck his name up from Cleveland. Uh, I, I hate saying oh, names maybe? wrong, but yeah, was it maybe short? No, shortstop. Uh, oh, Ron Rosario. Rosario. Yeah, I don't like saying that because I fuck up his name all the time. So he's not horrible, but he's decent enough for the Dodgers, and that's a good glove out there. Shortstop, decent little bat. You know, we're gonna see the. I think when the Dodgers you're and the as Giants, complete, when you're as complete of a team as the Dodgers are, that's what you're looking for. Glove in the in they, the infield, a little bit of a they bat. Brought Kiki you're, back. You need a guy. They brought Kiki back too. Yeah, no, Dodgers are gonna run away just like you said. This is their time of the year. San Francisco, they got hot before the break. They're gonna fall off. I think uh, Arizona is actually going to overtake San Francisco for second place in the division. Uh, might even be good enough for a wild card spot because we know it ain't coming from the NL Central. Um, and honestly, no. the toss-up between the Phillies and the Marlins, I mean, there's no telling what can happen. The, uh, the Mets are out of it. Um, I think the Giants or Arizona, I think it's going to be a close race between them for second place. Dodgers are going to take the division. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna withdraw my comment about St. Louis being a dumpster fire. I'm going to upgrade them to a disappointment, and I'm going to um, reaffirm my comment: dumpster fire to the San Diego Padres. Yeah, they are. Um, for my third consecutive year. Um, this is a team like you like, like you said earlier. They spend like the Yankees. Um, I'm gonna say play like the Oakland A's. Uh, there not go. Disrespect my team like that <laughs> uh, because the White Sox made their moves before they were proven. This is a team that has paid for proven talent and just continues to be unable to find their way home. And you know what? Yeah. I'm sick and tired of the excuses. I'm sick and tired of hearing about the Dodgers and the Giants. You know, you can't even beat the Rock. You, you guys are just dog shit. You know, clean house. You spent this money. There's no excuses. You did what the Dodgers the best, did. Not even the money. Not even the money. The best part is they sold their farm system. To bring in the talent, and it hasn't produced. So now yep. they don't even have a backup plan. I, I will give it to them. Last year they were they were in the NLCS last year, weren't they? It, it was it was they they were they were there recently. They played the the Phillies, didn't they? Wasn't them in the Phillies last year in the NLCS? That I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because um, I'm pretty sure it was I them in the remember. Phillies, but. They did make a run last year, but they fell off this year. They got Bogarts. They're not fucking producing. Machado's there. Tatis is back. I, I don't know what more let's, excuses. Well, let's, let's talk about let's talk about the fucking guys that are back. Okay, Tatis, 
uh, minus the PEDs and the motorcycle injuries. Okay, hitting 270, not a terrible line. Soto. 275 again, not a terrible line, but for these guys, way below the mark. Way, way below and the mark. Soto would have been Manny, a Soto would have been a, Soto would have been a good name for the Yankees because his left left handed bat, the short porch. Don't know why he don't know why San Diego didn't try and unload on him and the Yankees will not go for Soto until he's 30. The Yankees do yeah, not go true. for folks until they are long established veterans, sign them to a ridiculously long contract, get three or four good years out of them, and then they're stuck with them well, paying we haven't years, even, tons of money. We haven't for done that. We haven't done that in a while. We, uh, Cashman's kind of gotten a little soft. I know we did trade for Staten. Good. And we signed Cole to a big contract. Well, Judge was, was homegrown. What? Cole or. Stan. No, Stan. Stan was a well, Stan, but that, but that was the last like big trade that we that we've made, really that I could think of. I mean, Cole, yeah, that was like the first big signing that wasn't from our team. In that was years. a mistake. Y'all are gonna feel that. Well, Cole's having a, Cole's having a great year. It's Cole's one of the only shining lights. No, right I know now that, but don't you guys have him signed until like thirty nine or forty or something? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think he signed like a eight or nine year contract like most players name me get. name me three starters that have pitched into their 40s in the last 10 years oh i mean i well Baro cologne is probably the only one i can think of right on the top of my head i don't even think um, he pitched in the last 10, did he pitch in the last 10 years yeah he's he's definitely pitched in the last 10 years i mean it will he pitched after uh, 2013 so, yeah i'm pretty yeah yeah he, he definitely did so cole's contract was a nine-year contract <laughs> He signed it in um, nine-year, $324 million deal. He signed it in 2020. So, I mean, we only have him until 28, really. So, How old is he? Uh, he is 32. He'll turn 30. He'll turn 33 at the end of the year. Well, actually, he'll turn 33 in like 30 days. So you have him until 39? 38, yeah, 38, 39. 39. All right. We'll see. I mean, we'll go back see. to the I Padres. Mean... Going back to the Padres, Manny Machado. Yes, I butchered that name because he has butchered his numbers. All right. 258 for Manny Machado. Absolute embarrassment coming off of last season. One of the best contact hitters last season. Um, able to just put bat on the ball, poke it anywhere in the field. Great average um, coming out to start the season. What did, what did he finish last season? Because I well, know he that he year. tapered off. Yeah, yeah. I know well, he, he tapered he a, off towards the end of the year. He had a big year last year because I remember that was the – he was talking about um, if he was going to stay there. Uh, 298. And he had a hell of a start to the season last year. So 298 last season. And then my favorite. I'm going to pull this guy up just so just so I can I can fucking – look at this before I before I get him here. This Bogarts or – Let me go back in. Hang on there, God damn it. Hang oh, I mean, we, we're not going to spend 30 minutes on the San Diego Padres. I mean, we still got other teams, no, MVPs the to talk. So 307 last year, where's the home runs? Only 15 homers. He's got 11 already this year. Um, but, yeah. Who are we talking? No, it is Xander Bogarts. 307 last year, 262 this year. The money that they put in, again, and this is this is the problem is these guys have one breakout year and these teams are chomping at the bit to come and spend all this fucking money on these guys and it's not paying off. Honestly, I think one of the best additions for this team was Gary Sanchez. That's sad. Gary That's very sad. The fucking tank Sanchez. The problem with baseball in general, it's that yes, Bogarts was good for a few years in Boston, and don't get me wrong, he was a stud. But paying a guy 10, 12-year contracts is ridiculous. If that's the one thing the NFL and the NBA does right, they sign four or five-year contracts, and they move the fuck on if they're not good. If they're going to be good, like Mahomes is the the rare exception where he was signed to a 10-year deal. And guess what? He was signed a 10-year deal going into his fifth year, his player options, when they said, we're going to give you a 10-year deal. So he still has his whole prime to compete you know he's going to be there for 10 years, and he's going to be at a high level every single year. That's the problem with baseball, Doc, with these contracts. The Padres are definitely a big part of that. They have that with Machado. They have that with Bogarts. Tatis is on there as well. Tatis, Tatis was young when they gave it to him, so I can understand that. 
even though it was after one or two big seasons, and that was it. That was Doc, before the PEDs. Yeah. Move, let's, we only got a couple minutes left, Doc. Are we in agreement that Acuna and Atani MVPs for both leagues? Acuna's got 51 um, stolen bases right now. He's about to have a 40 and 50 year, 40 home run, 50. No, Acuna's, stolen Acuna's definitely up there. Last I saw, he was batting like 324. Um, Otani, I'm just going to feel bad for, for you, you know, one year after Judge sets the new record for AL home runs and Otani's about to fucking smash it in August. Let's pause there because that I say it all the time. That is the most bullshit celebration I've ever seen in my life. As much as I love Aaron Judge, give him his roses. That's a lot of home runs. I'm not saying anything bad about him, but it's not a fucking record. It, it's not. It's there's two leagues in the in the in the MLB. Diego, the Major League true. Baseball record is not 62 home runs right now. Barry Bonds. That's true. Because I'm gonna say you know yeah. God damn it, we got the NL Central record in home runs. No, no, you don't. He was a West member when when they did that. NL West. He no, was no, I'm not. The... But no, I know. I, all, all I those users, though, all the guys in the NL that have the record above Aaron Judge were all steroid users and court bat users. So Judge is the only one. It seems like Roger Maris and Aaron Judge are the only two clean ones to do it, um, to have that 60s uh, or higher record. So shout out to you, Aaron Judge, actually. Yeah, I mean, good for you, but still not a record, Doc. Right now, though, August 1st, Give me your World Series. I want to hear it before we sign off. I, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Rangers and Braves. We're going to see Texas Rangers versus the Atlanta Braves. I think the Rangers bolstered that pitching staff. They have the offense there as well. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, balling out this year. The Braves are the Atlanta Braves. We don't have to fucking dig into it. They're the best team in baseball right now. Texas Rangers versus Atlanta Braves in the World Series. I'm going Braves Rays. Man, battle of the Florida Georgia teams. That's man, I might <laughs> I might have to try and find a way to go to that if that happens. Go to the Tampa Stadium. But talk, man, it was great talking baseball, dude. It was great getting you back in the sack oh, house. Feels so good. So good, yeah. Well, Friday's episode, we'll have Chris back if everything's going good with out there his way. Um Chris, hopefully everything is going good when you listen. Luke, hopefully, if you do listen, I know it's hard for you. Hope, hope you're kicking ass out there in the field. Doc, we're going to cover some preseason, I mean, Hall of Fame game Friday. We're just going to break down some things we saw. Hey, you never know. You might see some good highlight plays. Those are always good to talk about. Um, so, Browns, Jets, also Hall of Fame is this week. So, I know a lot of the viewers and listeners probably don't watch the Hall of Fame, but some good players going this year. Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas. Darrell Revis, some some legends right there. Rodney Barber as well. I think Rodney, I think Rodney Barber went in this year. I hope I didn't fuck that up. Um, but I'm Mark Davis. That is Nick Doc Skirkwins. Shout out to you, Chris. Shout out to you, Luke. This is all at the Balls Thank Podcast, and we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls Podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.